So this week's case is going to be very interesting because we're going to be talking about something that actually has much more long-term ramifications than has been originally known. So after we go into Menti and uh, press that code that's right there on the top, and let's get started talking about what we're seeing with this munching here. So we have a seven-year-old child presenting with inlets to fill and constantly blurts out answers. So what questions do you think you should ask? There are certain specific questions that you should ask the mom or dad or the regular to your practice. There's certain questions you want to ask regarding what's really going on with this kid. So let's see some questions that you're going to answer. <clears throat> Does she have trouble concentrating in school? Yeah, that could be a good question, right? That's an important thing. Is this, is this where it's happening? Is it school? Is, you know, how did you notice this, you know, kind of thing? Let's see, get some more responses. Other behavior problems, very good. That's important to, to, to know other, other things going on with this kiddo. Is this kid like hitting or throwing things or tantrums or having some sort of um, other issues with kids? Um, do they play with other kids? Are they uh, communicative? Do they have issues communicating? Yeah, very good. Should have trouble communicating in other ways? Is this happening all the time? And that's a very good question because you may or may not remember in my wife's class. What's one of the main hallmarks of ADHD? So for those who don't remember her brilliant words, uh, it um, happens in one of the place. So this is one of the big things that I will ask our parents to ask, uh, you know, their teachers and stuff like, Okay, so because I can all parents say all the time, oh, the teacher says the kids like I'm sad about this. How are they at home? It's like they're sitting here with an angel. How are they at home? Oh, they're flying home. Up in the church, or, you know, religious you know, places. Oh, they're flying there. Oh, in Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. Or, oh, they're totally fine. So you all have the same thing in school? Yeah. How many teachers does this kid have? One? This might be a problem with the teacher. That the teacher is not able to properly communicate with this particular child. Um, you know, we had a couple years ago uh, a kid who said, you know, I hate my teacher when I was talking to his mom about this. Why him? Because he's like really mean. And this, this guy was like a real disciplinarian. Everything was all about right or wrong. And, you know, if you don't get it right, I'm going to make you do push-ups and like all this other stuff. So this kid, did, this was not the right match for this kid. He was a really bright, articulate kid who just didn't he went with like loving kindness versus severe discipline. I said, why don't you just change the teacher? Why don't you embarrass the teacher? So, okay, it's August. You're gonna have your kids spend an entire school year with a kid with a teacher who hates. That can like shape and mold this kid. That's like six hours a day, or whatever that kind of second, third, fourth grade. That's like six hours a day with this person. Get them out of that class. And she did it, and it was totally fine. But what happens if she didn't come to see one of us? 
Where does he go next? Pictures from where they Riddles. So a really bright kid needs to be dumbed down because he doesn't get along with teacher? Right? It's a choice. And parents don't know there's a choice. And they're afraid to make the choice. They're embarrassed. I'm, I'm embarrassed to make the choice. I appreciate the embarrassment. I know it's hard to go to school and say, I don't want to I totally get that. We did it too. But I am not going to subject my kid to a teacher that does not fit. And you have that ability to do that as well. You're going to, if you so choose. Um, <clears throat> so the key is, is having a plan. But it's only happening. With this kiddo, it was only happening at school. If it's only happening at school, that's not ADHD. ADHD is happening all the time. It's pervasive. It happens at home, it happens at school, it happens at church, it happens at Kroger's, it happens at Target, it happens at Walmart, it happens everywhere. The kids are off the wall. Okay. That's more classic ADHD. So those things are needed in any kind of medication, in any kind of breath care. But that's something else. Um, just do the operation, all that's going on. What's the diet like? There's a big one. <clears throat> that's a really big important question. Like, what's the diet look like? Are they, are they eating, you know, uh, sugar frosted flakes for breakfast and a pop tart as a snack and, and you know, Clark bars and, and stickers bars for lunch? And come home and have Chick fil A dinner. Let's talk about Chick fil A for a second. I appreciate the company's uh, um, marketing campaign. <laughs> but Chick fil A is not health food. It's stores a healthy fast food. It's got MSG, it's got sugar, it's got gluten, it's got dairy, it's got junk, 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 junk. Now, they have marketed themselves really well. <laughs> and the food tastes quite good. I'm not going to argue with the taste of but if, if this is like a mainstay at dinner, then they're getting neurotoxins in the MSG, they're getting gluten in the area which is wrecking their brains uh, and their uh, immune systems and their GI systems. So obviously this is, this is an issue that has to be dealt with. What environment's not an entirely good question. And does she respond to her name? And this is important. Now, um, if a child is going to be <coughs> discussed as having some kind of autism as well as ADHD, which can be, can come together as the comorbidities are allowed together now. It used to not be because one or the other. Now, a lot of kids with ADHD are having high functioning autism, and a lot of kids with autism are having ADHD as a secondary diagnosis. The key to understand in that particular situation is to say, <clears throat> where are they? Because, like, if they're if this child is on this really on a spectrum, then for them to have ADHD, they're probably higher functioning. Because if you if you're a, a lower functioning kid, you're a minimally speaking kind of child, you're probably having ADHD because you're not going to be attending to anything, right? So that would be an inappropriate diagnosis. With the attention deficit means that someone could be attending and they're having trouble because of things, but not because they have more of a, this uh, much bigger issue going on, right? So <clears throat> most of the time when we see a kid who's diagnosed with autism and ADHD, the kid with aut the autism is a higher function level of autism. So good, you guys are doing really good. All right, let's get to the next question here. So what should you focus on during your examination? 
There's very specific things you should look at with this kid with their examination. When you have ADHD. Now, understand, yes, we are chiropractic focused. So, of course, being chirocentric, we want to look at their posture, we want to look at their spine, we want to look at their, you know, stuff like that. Um, we want C1 for sure. But that's really not, that's, let's not call that the focus. Because, and why? Because that's not what the parents get. Right? Now, posture, you show the high shoulder, high hip. But unless there's a scoliosis or whatever, parents are like, Okay, it's not showing that it shouldn't be that way, whatever. There's other things you can show that are showing, like neurological testing, exactly, cranial nerves, retain reflexes. Yeah, those are the things that we really want to focus on. Because those are the things that are going to make a difference and that the parents can see a difference with, right? Unless the parent is coming in because of a posture problem, it does happen, you know, a backpack issue or whatever. <coughs> But also, what we're seeing is that when a parent is bringing a kid with ADHD in, if, if you are a chiropractor and, you're and the kid's mind has ADHD, and your focus is on, well, this high shoulder, a high hip, the head tilt, and this, this, you're like, okay. And yeah, you can try and draw some correlative things with neurology and posture. Yeah, I get that. But why don't you show neurology? Because they're coming in and saying, there's a neurological issue here with ADHD. Don't show me a musculoskeletal thing only, right? Because it's harder for them to kind of put those two together. And you, you of course, you check their posture, check their mentality, check their balance and stuff, but more importantly, check things that have neurological impact. And you say, I'm checking their humor reflexes, I'm checking their eyes, I'm checking their coordination. Uh, I'm doing all these things because I want to see where their nervous system is at. And then when we, in 10 visits, we're going to measure this, and you'll see whether that nervous system has changed. Right? And that may get a lot more correlated with ADHD than saying, well, I'm going to change this kid's posture and this ADHD might improve. Like, that's a stretch for most parents to say, okay, I'm not quite sure I get where that's going. So, yeah, milestones, you want to know how to do it. Milestones, neurological testability of all directions, movement coordination, absolutely, for developing communication, coordination, brain, or function. Yeah, eyes, very good. Critical, making sure when somebody gives you ADHD, what is going on with your eyes? Yeah, which are tracking, that which are accommodating, right? So, these are, the, these are the tests that we want to share. These are tests that we want to do. Number one, for your own information, so you give the kid exercises. Etc. But number two, to show the parent. To show the parent. Watch what happens when I do this with his eyes. He's supposed to track and his eyes are supposed to go. And see how his eyes are bouncing all over the place? Yeah. How do you think he's doing reading? How do you think? Like, and some kids, they can't, they're like, you say track this, and my eyes are all over, they're not even trying to track. Like, how do you think a child is in the classroom? The teachers are on their own. Right? And he's like, oh my god. And, and, and you're wondering why and it's not just because he's so bored because the teacher is boring. It's because the child's eyes cannot sit still. So you don't get the kid's brain to calm down and the kid's nervous system to calm down 
to get their brain to focus, then of course the only thing they're going to do is get rid of them to this kid. And will really work? Oh, absolutely. People say, wow, you he's really paying attention. Is he paying attention or is he just a zombie? Right? I see, I see kids who have you know, come in and they're already and they're like, they're paying attention because their brains are like turned off. And now they become depersonalized. So their whole personality, I was watching kids who their personality was bright and curious, and now they're like little automatons. But the thing with ADHD drugs is that it's been proven that it may help them their behavior, but it doesn't necessarily help their academic performance. Study after study after study has shown that yes, they'll sit down and shut up, but will they actually get better necessarily improve over the long run? Short run, yes, over the long run, not necessarily. And here is the paper, that's why I've been talking about this today, is this paper just came out from the Journal of American Medical Association. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and risk of dementia. Let me read that again. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and risk of dementia. Right? Here's another paper. That's from John. This is from Life of Psychiatry. Sorry. Genetic risk for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder predicts cognitive decline and development of Alzheimer's disease pathophysiology and cognitive unimpaired older adults. So what these two papers are showing is that people, adults now, adults now, with who have been diagnosed as having ADHD within the next eight to 10 years have a higher predilection of having Alzheimer's. Now, if that's the truth with an adult, what do you think is gonna happen with the kids? Hmm. So if you can't think of a reason why you wanna get your hands on adjusting all these kids out there with ADHD and autism and all these neurological problems, that's a really good reason. Because if you can get a kid away from this particular, now, I don't care if they're diagnosed with that or not. Like people say, well, what happens if they're already diagnosed? Who cares? I don't care. Then if, they, if it gets some help in school, gets them extra whatever time and extra stuff on their tests, I don't care if they're diagnosed. It doesn't matter to me whether they're diagnosed or not. What matters to me is, can I get their brain to be functioning better? Because if we can get their brain functioning better, I want, what I want you guys to think about is it's not just about now, how they are in second grade or third grade. It's how they're gonna be in 50 years from now. This is long-term stuff. If you fix their brain now, you fix their brain. And as long as they keep themselves healthy and they keep on having all the right things that keep on getting adjusted, keep on eating, keep, right, keep on exercising, if they learn all these healthy habits now, yeah, it's gonna help them now, absolutely, in their early formative years. But what about 50 years from now? This, if this can do something to help in some way, slow down the progress of a giant problem that's happening now? Wouldn't that be amazing? Right? I want to see a study that says the effects of chiropractic, long-term chiropractic care on kids who are diagnosed with ADHD. There's a great study. Someone wants to do some research, right? That's, that's a hell of a long-term study, but hey, to me, when the, the kids that I see that are supposed to be on Ritalin that don't need Ritalin, the kids that I see that they said they 
that you can't sit still in school and now they're doing great in school, right? The kids that seem to have all these supposed reading issues now they don't have these reading issues anymore. And all this supposed ADHD stuff, what were these all precursors to people having dementia and Alzheimer's later on? And maybe backing up like 34 years from when I was a kid, when all the seniors were supposed people in their 50s and 60s and 70s now were getting Alzheimer's, maybe all of them were supposed to have diagnosed ADHD, maybe all of them now coming up are the ones having those kind of issues. Right? So that's what I really want you guys to, to think about. Like, <clears throat> to me, and you'll hear me say this quite a lot, to me there's an urgency. I, I, like, why do I keep on reading all these research papers? Because if I get this information and, and it, that fires me up, then, then there's another kid I can maybe get my hands on and save, change their little lives. And I want you guys to think about how it's, it's much bigger than the moment. It's much bigger than the kid who comes in with colic and now they don't have colic anymore. And they come in with ADHD and now they're doing better in school. And they come in with autism and now they're much more calm. It's, not, it, it's definitely helpful in the short term, but in the long term, that's even, it's even bigger. It's even bigger. 